Beloved Church of God, beginning our service before the Lord, let us stand and affirm the promise that lies at the door of our hope, that the resurrection of Christ reign in our bodies. Amen. Let us bow our heads in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you for this once again privilege to be in this place that your hand has outlined for the worship of your holy name. And so allow your inheritance in the name of the blood of the covenant to be lifted to heights higher than us and to break all evil and sin that binds us. In the name of Jesus Christ, may in this service be cursed as before all the works of devil, illnesses, poverty, premature death, demonic dependencies, all forms of fears, depression, destruction, deceitfulness, ignorance, all of this, let it depart from the tents of your holy people and stand, Lord, in the place of your rest, you and the ark of your greatness. And may your saints be clothed in your salvation. Give us more from your Spirit. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Allow us to find your holy countenance. We thank you that this service is presented in your divine arms, and we ask you to continue to lead it with your uplifted and mighty hand. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. You may be seated. The place of Scripture, Matthew chapter 5, verses 45 and 48. So that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven, for he makes his Son rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. You therefore must be perfect, as your heavenly Father is perfect. The Sermon of Apostle Arkady Called to Perfection This promised commandment is written in the book of Matthew and it is presented to us in the series of sermons of Apostle Arkady and these are the inheritance of saints of all time and all generations and they are addressed by Christ to his disciples. And I will remind you, as Apostle Peter had wrote in, in his book, in his letter, knowing this, that no prophecy in Scripture can be interpreted on their own. The prophecy was not given according to the will of man, but was spoken by the holy men of God, led by the Holy Spirit. And he says before that in a verse, and you do well that you turn to it as a lamp and therefore those who do not acknowledge over themselves the authority of the person sent by God have no relation whatsoever to the inheritance of this commandment and will likely never have a relation to it. And with regard to the fulfillment of this commandment, we have stopped to study the purpose of the righteousness of God in the heart of a person. What goals 
is right, the righteousness of God dwelling in our hearts called to pursue and impart on the fact that the purpose of the righteousness of God in our hearts accepted by us in the broken tablets of testimony in which we with the law died to the law so that we could live for the one who died and rose so that in this manner we could receive affirmation of our salvation in new tablets of testimony in the format of the law of the spirit of life in order to give God the basis to give us the promise not with the former law but through righteousness by faith just as he had given it to Abraham and his seed for the promise that he would be the heir of peace was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law but through the righteousness of faith we have noted that the righteousness of faith in our heart is defined by the obedience of our faith to the faith of God that is presented in the preached word of the messengers of God, at the head of which is the person representing for us the fatherhood of God. And therefore, the promise of the peace of God is given only to those people who have clothed themselves in the dignity of a disciple which has allowed them to submit to the order of God, coinciding with which he sends us his word through the lips of the messengers of God. Thus, a covenant of peace in the heart of a person is the result of the obedience of his faith to the faith of God in the words of the messenger of God. And with regard to this, we in a certain format have already studied two signs according to which we should define that we cooperate our godliness with the godliness or the goodness of God. And we have stopped to study the third sign. And so the third sign, according to which we should test and define in ourselves that the demonstration of the selective love of God, we are cooperating our godliness with the goodness of God, is according to the presence of the fact that the Lord is our shepherd. Psalm of David. A psalm of David, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still, still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yet though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Psalms chapter 23 verses 1 through 6. And so evidence that God is our shepherd in this Psalm of David are four components. This is, first, the Lord makes me lie down in green pastures. Second, the Lord leads me beside still waters. Third, the Lord restores my soul. And fourth, the Lord leads me in the paths of righteousness. And to test and weigh ourselves on the scales of justice, to see if we have these components, should it be done by the presence of four other components that are discovered when we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. First, we will fear no evil because God is with us. Second, the Lord's rod and staff comfort us. Third, 
God has prepared a table before us in the presence of our enemies. Fourth, God has anointed our head with oil and our cup runs over. With regard to these components, it was necessary to study each one of them in the light of Scripture. And so the first component states, The Lord is my shepherd. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. From the meaning of this statement, it follows that if in the congregation in which we are members, the word preached does not reassure us and does not give us hope for deliverance from the old man with his deeds and for the erection of life in our body, this means that the congregation in which we are found in is not a pasture. You know, we lived in another state for seven years and we were sorrowful being found in the church. Church, We were in need and we listened to the cassettes of our pastor. We had around 500 cassette tapes. And we were filled with these cassettes listening all week long and when we went to church and left we were completely empty and then we again all week filled ourselves up and then again came and this was uh, this was difficult a difficult burden and when I listened to one of the sermons in the cassettes I heard the word that a disciple must follow his shepherd and this word had penetrated into my heart I knew that my wife I didn't even need to tell her about that and she didn't even want to hear about this to go, to leave and leaving work I gave her the cassette and I said listen to this tape when I came home from work I of course had prayed Lord, please do your work in her heart and when I came from work she said we were we were going to go on vacation to the state and she said we don't need to go let's just right away move there and the green pastures this is an image of eternal life given by God in abundance of young green grass in the form of all kinds of grass representing the preached word of his messengers he causes the grass to grow for the cattle and vegetation for the service of man that he may bring forth food from the earth God cannot be our shepherd on pastures that are not green and do not have eternal life contained in revelations of truth that lead a person into the unsearchable inheritance of Christ Behold, you are handsome, my beloved. Yes, pleasant. Also, our bed is green. Songs of Solomon. I want to again remind us that everyone knew in our church that we were leaving because of because of another church, that we specifically are feeding from there and receive food from there. And when the pastor of this church, we asked for 
us to be let go with peace and to be blessed, he said, you know why they are leaving, because they want to grow spiritually. We were very surprised, because they did not understand anything. He didn't understand anything. No one understood. With this, this was a verification that there was no growth here and that we cannot grow spiritually in this church that we were in. Because only having found a good wife, we are able to grow into the full measure of the stature of Christ in order to feed on these green pastures. And so, an image of a green bed on which a person can rest and communicate with God is an image of Jerusalem in which worship in spirit and truth must occur. As one whom his mother comforts, so I will comfort you, and you shall be comforted in Jerusalem. When you see this, your heart shall rejoice, and your bones shall flourish like grass. The hand of the Lord shall be known to his servants, and his indignation to his enemies. Isaiah chapter 66, verses 13 through 14. If our communication with God in the house of prayer does not discover itself on a green bed in which the life of God brings joy and comforts our heart, this means that we do not have godliness that could cooperate with the godliness of God. And so the second component states, The Lord leads me beside still waters, which in Scripture resists stormy waters. Isaiah chapter 8, verses 6 through 8. Inasmuch as these people refuse the waters of Shiloh that flow softly and rejoice in Rezin and Remaliah's son, now therefore, behold, the Lord brings up over them the waters of the river, strong and mighty, the king of Assyria and all his glory. He will go up over all his channels and go over all his banks. He will pass through Judah. He will overflow and pass over. He will reach up to the neck, and a stretching out of his wings will fill the breath of your land, O Emmanuel. And so the still waters are the revelations of God that lead a person to comfort and rest in God, whereas stormy winds are a product of the pride of human intellect expressed in the unbridled action of self-serving ministry to God. Then he said, Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in an earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. Third, First Kings chapter 19, verses 11-12 through 12. If our service to God in the house of prayer does not meet the requirements of still waters, we have no godliness that could cooperate with the godliness of God. The third component states, The Lord restores my soul, which indicates the fact that when we are tired and exhausted in confrontation with the old man, God will protect and support us. In Hebrew, restores means to support, help carry the burden of responsibility, to make steadfast and firm, 
empower with his powers, give back evil to our enemies, to destroy our enemies with the truth, to refresh and restore our strength. Psalms 54 verses 4 through 5, Behold, God is my helper. The Lord is with those who uphold my life. He will repay my enemies for their evil. Cut them off in your truth. Our soul can only resist the corrupt desires of the old man living in our body when we lose it in the death of the Lord Jesus and then find it in a new capacity in the resurrection of Jesus. To give God the foundation through His truth to destroy the corrupt desires of the old man living in our body, it is necessary to accept this truth in the heart in the form of a seed through instruction and faith, and then to confess this truth in the form out of the fruit of our lips as the faith of our heart. For the arms of the wicked shall be broken, but the Lord upholds the righteous. Psalms 37, 17. However, if we do not know that there are two spiritual people living in our body in the face of the new man and the old man, and we cannot distinguish them by the nature of their impact on our soul, then God will have no reason to restore our soul, which is on the side of the old man. And so, if in resistance with the corrupt desires of the old man, God does not restore us, we do not have godliness that could cooperate with the godliness of God. And so the fourth component states, the Lord leads me in the paths of righteousness, which indicates that the fact that this person is led by the Holy Spirit. Because it is impossible to lead a person on the paths of righteousness against his will, if he does not understand and does not distinguish the paths of righteousness from the paths of his mind or from the paths of the wicked and lawless who support the wicked. The paths of righteousness are the snares of the Most High, while the paths of the wicked are their snares into which they catch unapproved or unaffirmed souls. In Hebrew, the path of righteousness means the snare of righteousness, the step of righteousness, foot of righteousness, trace of righteousness, path of righteousness to the wisdom of God, growth, increase, and expansion on the paths of righteousness, or taking to the body of Christ on the paths of righteousness. Proceeding from such multiple meanings, which determine the essence of the paths of righteousness in order to understand how God guides us on the paths of righteousness and test ourselves on the subject of what spirit we are led by, the Holy Spirit or the spirit alien to God, in a nutshell we must consider some of the purposes of the paths of righteousness in the presented components. It should be borne in mind that all these components which determine the purpose of the paths of righteousness are dissolved in each other, are found in each other, support each other, and determine the authenticity of one another. And so the first property and character of a path of righteousness is defined in the heart of a person as a shining sun that shines ever brighter unto the perfect day. 
But the path of the just is like the shining sun that shines ever brighter unto the perfect day. The way of the wicked is like darkness. They do not know what makes them stumble. Proverbs 4, 18-19 A shining sun that shines ever brighter unto the perfect day is an image of the expanding revelation of truth in the heart of a righteous person who uncovers God's goal in the adoption of our body through the redemption of God. If the truth about the adoption of our body through the redemption of God does not shine in our heart unto the perfect day, this means that we are not giving God the basis to lead us on the paths of righteousness. In order to give God the foundation to lead us on the paths of righteousness, we must dedicate ourselves to being disciples of Christ through our sanctification, in which we are called by the cross of the Lord Jesus to die to our people, to our Father's house, and to the corrupt desires of our soul. If by the cross of the Lord Jesus we did not die to our people, to our Father's house, and to the corrupt desires of our soul, this means that we have no godliness with which we could collaborate with the godliness of God. The second property and character of paths of righteousness in the heart of a person are defined by the ability to hold fast to the steps of the Lord despite the fact that we will think that we have been left by God. Job chapter 23 writes, Look, I go forward, but he is not there. I have kept his way and not turned aside. I have not departed from the commandment of his lips. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. But he is unique, and who can make him change? And whatever his soul desires, that he does. For he performs what is appointed for me, and many such things are with him. Therefore I am terrified at his presence. When I consider this, I am afraid of him. This exciting event describes a state of complete impoverishment of a person in which he, with the cross of the Lord Jesus, removes the authority of the old man with his works. This is a state where a person is subjected to desecration, ridicule, and betrayal when the people closest to him cheat on him and turn away from him, but God is silent. This is a state he held on to the commandments of the lips of God from which Job did not depart, which he kept more than anything. If we did not experience similar circumstances in which God, in a time that was difficult for us, suddenly became silent while our leg in the form of our faith could firmly hold fast to the Lord's path in the dignity of His commandments, it means that we have no godliness with which we could cooperate with the godliness of God. And so the third property is defined in the heart of a person as the ability, walking through the valley of Baca, or valley of tears, to open springs from which the rain will cover the valley of Baca with blessings because of which a person will go from strength to strength and receive the right to appear before God in Zion. Psalms 84, verses 6 through 
Blessed is the man whose strength is in you and whose paths are focused on you. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a spring. The rain also rains over it in pools. They go from strength to strength. Each one appears before God in Zion. The valley of Baca, in which a person opens springs from which rains cover the valley of Baca with tears, is the good soil of man that is cleansed from dead works in which a person receives the seed of liberation from slavery and considers himself dead to sin and alive to God, calling the non-existent as existent. Bring back our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south. Those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. He who continually goes forth weeping, bearing seed for sowing, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing. Psalms 126, verses 4 through 6. The springs opened by a person in the valley of Baca is the fruit of righteousness which God has grown from the seed of the promise that relates to the door of our hope. The rain that covers the valley of Baca with blessings is the time when, with the power of the preached word about the kingdom of heaven, God erects the power of life in the body of a person. And so the phrase, they go from strength to strength, each one appears before God in Zion, means they come from the power of the seed sown in the soil of their heart by the fruit raised by God, which gives them the right to appear before God in Zion, which is His home in which He dwells. If the revelation about the power of the seed of promise pertaining to the door of our hope is absent in our heart, God cannot be our shepherd, and our strength is not in God. Because of this in our heart, there are no paths directed towards God. And therefore, we cannot have the fruit of righteousness in which we could consider ourselves dead to sin and alive to God, calling the non-existent as existent. Because of this, we do not have a field in which we could have godliness that could cooperate with the godliness of God. And so, let us turn to the next sign of paths of righteousness and the ways of righteousness. They discover themselves in the heart of a person when he walks in the ways of he who tills his land or who tends his land. Proverbs 12:11. He who tills his land will be satisfied with bread, but he who follows frivolity is devoid of understanding. According to this parable, it follows that if a person who follows frivolity is devoid of understanding, and a person, then a person who tills his land follows in the ways of the person who loves to work over his own land and till his land so that it brings him harvest of desired fruit. And so, frivolity means loitering, loitering without anything to do, not loving labor, burning time in their lives in vain, means lazy, slackers, unsuitable, deceitful, rebellious, parasitic, sowing and spreading evil, thieves capable of robbery and violence. Considering that this parable is referring to the soil of our heart that is called to bring us the fruit of righteousness, the proclamation of the faith of God that abides in our heart, it follows that to till our land 
is to till the soil of our heart and work on our land so that it brings us fruit of righteousness with which God could raise up the power of life in our body. But in order to till our land, it is necessary to walk in the ways of He who sowed Himself in this land to gain us in His resurrection, so that we, following His example, could sow ourselves in His death in order to find ourselves in His resurrection. Then Jesus said to His disciples, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he will reward each according to his works. Matthew chapter 16, verses 24 through 27. By denying oneself in the face of our nation, the house of our Father, and our corrupt desires, the soil of our heart becomes cleansed from dead works, which points to the fact that our heart has become pure. Thanks to the purity of our heart, we will receive the ability, through hearing the word of God, to see and distinguish the ways of our Lord in the ways of His Messenger, from the ways of people who contend for the place of being messengers of God. Matthew chapter 5, verse 8, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Without having a pure heart, purified from dead works, through the truth of the blood of Christ, through instruction and faith, we will not have any opportunity nor ability to comprehend our vocation, for the fulfillment of which we will need to take up our cross and follow the footsteps of Christ in order to learn from Him to cultivate our land as He, in due time, cultivated His land. We can determine how Jesus cultivated His land when we study His ways which He previously left us starting from his incarnation in the Bethlehem manger to his rising up from a mountain located close to Jerusalem. The ability to investigate the footsteps of Christ and follow these footsteps can only be done after our heart, through instruction in faith, begins to dwell in the truth of Thumim and Urim, and Thumim and Urim will dwell in our heart, which in practice means that the ability to explore the footsteps of Christ and follow these footsteps from His birth to His resurrection is possible only when we receive the Holy Spirit in our heart as Lord and ruler of our life, so that He can reveal in our heart the truth of the commanding doctrine of Christ, which was previously imprinted or engraved on the tablets of our heart through instruction and faith. It follows that if we are taught how to reject evil and choose good, this means that we have the ability to examine the footsteps of Christ from His birth to His resurrection in order to cultivate the soil of our heart as Christ did the soil of His heart. Thus, 
Following in the footsteps of the Lord's anointed, who follow in the footsteps of Christ, we show our favor to God, to which He answers us with His favor. And so the next sign of the paths of righteousness and the ways of righteousness discover themselves in the heart of a person when he follows the ways of the anointed man of God whose ways are reproached by enemies of truth. A contemplation of Ethan the Ezraite. Remember, Lord, the reproach of your servants, how I bear in my bosom the reproach of all my peoples with which your enemies have reproached. O Lord, with which they have reproached the footsteps of your anointed. Psalms 89, 50-51 From this prayer song of Ethan the Ezraite, the seer and the head of one of the three choirs, King David, it follows that the servants of the Lord, among whom was Ethan the Ezraite, were reproached for following in the footsteps of the Lord's anointed, who for them was King David, the traces of which or the ways of which were denounced and disgraced by the enemies of the Lord. And so, first, the image of the strong nation were the rational thoughts of the soul in the face of God's anointed King Saul and his elected army in the face of carnal people who pursued after King David and reproached his steps in the face of the new man. Second, strong nations, these are people who are the category of King Saul and his elected army. A footstep is an imprint of the foot on the tablets of our heart. Therefore, the trace remaining on the service indicates the fact that the someone whom we are called to follow has already passed in this direction, leaving his footprints on the surface. From the root of the word footprint, there were such words as pathfinder, exploring the the nature of the footprint imprint and the direction of the imprint. The investigator investigating the case according to the footsteps that were left, which serve as evidence that defines the person who left these traces. Thus, in order to determine the origin, character, and director of the trail, it is a direction of the trail, it is necessary to be a tracker or as an investigator, investigate the traces. What means what in practice means to be able to distinguish good from evil and to be able to reject the evil and accept the good. We have heard a lot about this. Pastor Daniel had spoken about this, about how this, what good evil is and how we can distinguish it. And we have already known this well because we know what virtue is. Virtue is a source of all good, which is God. Knowledge gives us knowledge of what is good and what is evil or what God views as good and what He views as evil. Therefore, following in the footsteps of the Lord's anointed, the traces of which 
powerful nation's reproach is the ability to distinguish the traces of the Anointed One in the dignity of a warrior prayer from the tracks or the traces of another one who is not a warrior of prayer. To distinguish these steps is necessary. It's necessary for the rational sphere of our soul be made dependent on the rational sphere of our spirit. The reproach of the servants of the Lord carry in their bosom from all the powerful nations for following in the footsteps of the anointed of the Lord is a testament of the strength of their spirit and a guarantee that gives them the right to power to be raptured in meeting the Lord in the air when He will come to be glorified in His saints. To bear the reproach of strong nations in their bosom means to take upon themselves the slander of carnal people. Let not those who wait for you, O Lord, God of hosts, be ashamed because of me. Let not those who seek you be confounded because of me, O God of Israel. Because for your sake I have borne reproach. Shame has covered my face. I have become a stranger to my brothers and an alien to my mother's children. Because zeal for your house has eaten me up. And the reproaches of those who reproach you have fallen on me. When I wept and chastened my soul with fasting, that became my reproach. I also made sackcloth my garment. I became a byword to them. Those who sit in the gate speak against me, and I am the song of the drunkards. But as for me, my prayer is to you, O Lord, in the acceptable time. O God, in the multitude of your mercy, hear me in the truth of your salvation. Deliver me out of the mire, and let me not sink. Let me be delivered from those who hate me, and out of the deep waters. Let not the flood water overflow me, nor let the deep swallow me up, and let not the pit shut its mouth on me. Psalms chapter 69, verses 6 to 14. In these concluding words, Ethan the Ezraite highlights the state of anointed man of the Lord as well as his own state when the footsteps of the anointed of the Lord were reproached. And such reproach, emanating from the hatred that has risen from the envy of carnal people, is a muddy mire for the warriors of prayer in the deep waters that are ready to swallow them. However, precisely according to this reaction of Saul and his selected army to the traces of the anointed of the Lord, which determine the truth of the reigning teachings of Christ, the footsteps of David and his servants should be distinguished from those of Saul and his servants. Therefore, if we are able to distinguish the footsteps of David and his servants from those of Saul and his servants, this means that our favor will cooperate with the favor of God. When the fullness of time had come for the embodiment of the Son of God, then God, the Holy Spirit, revealed to his Son wisdom, through his Son wisdom, which was greater. Wisdom is in the sovereign rights of man with God that are founded on the covenant of blood and the covenant of salt and the covenant of rest, which were made in baptism in water, baptism in the Holy Spirit, and baptism in fire. And 
this sovereignty was in the fact that each of the sides of the law was responsibility that was outlined by God in this covenant. The role of God was to, under certain conditions that belonged to man to fulfill, God entrusted him with his word, which was called to bring man into the uncharted heritage of Christ. The role of man was to, on certain conditions, take into his heart the volume of Christ's uncharted heritage and affirm it by confessing with his mouth. In this case, the heart and the subject of the thoughts of the heart and the mouth had to act as one team. And for this purpose, it was necessary that a person's heart, through instruction and faith, be cleansed of dead works and his mouth be cleansed of idle, bad, and rotten words. Remembering that idle words are the statutes and commandments of the Lord spoken from the lips of man, but not found in his heart, because it was not cleansed of dead works. But I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment, for by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. Then some of the scribes and Pharisees saying, Teacher, we want to see a sign from you. But he answered and said to them, An evil and adulterous generation seeks after a sign, and no sign will be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The men of Nineveh will rise up in the judgment with this generation and condemn it, because they repented at the preaching of Jonah, and indeed a greater than Jonah is here. The Queen of the South will rise up in the judgment with this generation and condemn it, for she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And indeed, a greater than Solomon is here. Matthew chapter 12, verses 36-42. And so one of the things incomprehensible to Solomon was the path of the eagle in heaven, which was called by God from the east to fulfill the definitions of God, designed to give Zion the salvation of God and Israel the glory of God. In scripture, an eagle is a symbol of the teaching of the resurrection from the dead. The image of the far country from where God called is an image of death. Therefore, in the phrase, calling a bird of prey from the east, the man who executes my counsel from a far country, indeed I have spoken it, to call out means to call for the execution of a particularly important order to empower the new name. At the same time, an especially important designation for the executor of his commission and the dignity of an eagle, God wrote on the tablets of our heart by the power of the Holy Spirit. It follows that the eagle, as a doer of the truth of God and the salvation of God, 
whom God called from the east from a far country, is the Son of God, accepted by us and dwelling in our hearts, in the dignity of His erection to adopt our bodies. People who are cruel in heart and far from the truth are those who, in interpreting Holy Scripture, rely on their minds and follow people like them. Then his disciples came and said to him, Do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this saying? But he answered and said, Every plant which my heavenly Father has not planted will be uprooted. Let them alone, they are blind leaders of the blind. And if the blind leads the blind, both will fall into a ditch. Matthew 15, verses 12-14 through 14. Based on the verdict, verdict of the court in Isaiah's prophecy we are discussing, the category of people who follow the word of the messengers of God, the category of people following people who, in the study of Scripture, rely on their mind, will be ashamed and will inherit eternal death. Beware, lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ, for in Him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in Him, who is the head of all principality and power. In Him you were also circumcised with a circumcision made without hands, by putting off the body of the sins of the flesh, by the circumcision of Christ, buried with Him in baptism, in which you also were raised with Him through faith in the working of God, who raised Him from the dead, and you, being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, He has made a life together with Him, having forgiven you all trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and He has taken out of the way, having nailed it to the cross, having disarmed principalities and powers, He made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. Colossians chapter 2, verses 18-15 through Thus, the truth of God, as the program of God, manifested in the broken tablets of the covenant, finds its expression in the new tablets of the covenant, in those hearts that have a promise in their hearts about the resurrection of Christ in their body. And so, saints that have accepted in their heart the promise regarding the adoption in the redemption of Christ and preserving themselves and the love of God thereby manifest their goodwill to God, to which God answers them with His goodwill. The next thing that was unknown to Solomon were the path of the serpent on the rock. And if Solomon would have known the path of the serpent on the rock, then his many wives would not have been able to turn his heart to idolatry. Considering that the image of the serpent in this case is the wisdom of the heart and the rock is the image of the promise containing in itself the adoption of our body through the redemption of Christ. Then the path of the serpent on the rock was the ability to be deaf to every seductive voice of the tempter. Matthew 
Matthew 10:16. Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves, therefore be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Thus, in order to keep the promise in the paths of the eagle in heaven, it was necessary to have the wisdom of a serpent to close our ears to not hear the voice of the tempter. The next thing that was unknown or not understood by Solomon were the paths of the ship in the sea. The paths of the ship in the sea are called to bring the proclamations of faith containing the adoption of our body through the redemption of Christ. This is our thinking, renewed by the spirit of our mind. Look also at ships. Also, they are so large. Although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. James 3, 4 through 5. In this case, the one who stands, the captain who stands behind our lips that leads our, li- that leads our ship in the subject of our renewed thinking is the Holy Spirit. And therefore, in the paths of the ship among the sea is presented a person who is led by the Holy Spirit. If a person is not led by the Holy Spirit, then his heart and his lips will never be able to become one command in order to reach the proclamation of the heart and the redemption of our body through the redemption of Christ according to the correct destination, which is God. The next thing that was unknown or not understood by Solomon were the path of the men to the woman. This is the unique ability when we, through proclamation of the faith of God, which is presented in the seed of the word, are able to fertilize our pure heart, presented in the virgin as a seed of the kingdom of heaven. Let it be to me according to your word. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Luke one thirty-eight. The next sign of the paths of righteousness that were unknown, or the next sign of paths of righteousness, discovers itself in the heart of a person when he makes a decision to gather glean on the field to gather heads of grain, in whose sight we might find favor. So Ruth the Moabitess said to Naomi, Please let me go to the field and glean heads of grain after him in whose sight I may find favor. And she said to her, Go, my daughter. And she left and went and gleaned in the field after the reapers. And she happened to come to the part of the field belonging to Boaz, who was of the family of... Elimelech. Now behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem and said to the reapers, The Lord be with you. And they answered him, The Lord bless you. Then Boaz said to his servant, Whose young woman is this? So the servant said, It is young Moabite woman who came back with Naomi. And she said, Please let me glean and gather after the reapers among the sheaves. So she came in and continued from morning until now, though she rested a little in the house. Then Boaz said to Ruth, You will listen, my daughter, will you not? Do not go to glean in another field, nor go from here. But stay close by my young woman. Let your eyes be in the field which you reap and go after them. Have I not commanded the young men not to touch you? And when you are thirsty, go to the vessels and drink from what the young men have drawn. 
Job chapter 2, Ruth chapter 2, verses 2 through 9. A question arises. How do we define the field upon which occurs the harvest of barley and the person to whom this field belongs? And what is necessary to do in order to glean the heads of the grain? according to the path of the person among whom we will find favor. The harvest of barley that harvests early is the image of a certain category of saints. The harvest is the method with which God measures us on the scales of justice in order to define the level of our dedication from the fruit that we have placed to circulate that we have received from placing into circulation the deposit of our salvation. As we know, in Israel there was there were established by God three main feasts that were tied with three main kinds of harvest, upon which Israelite was called to be before the face of the Lord three times a year. So he cannot be destroyed from among his people, or he cannot be cast out from his people. This was the celebration of Pesach, the Pentecost, and um, the celebration of booths, the Feast of Booths. Our body is presented in Scripture as a seed, which we are called to sow in the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. In order to receive it in the harvest of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, in the fruit of righteousness, in the dignity of the imperishable body, Three kinds of harvest is an image of the three category of saints that differ from one another in their three levels of dedication to God. The image of the field upon which the barley harvest occurs is the image of the category of saints that meet the requirements of God's chosen remnant in the dignity of the male child or in the dignity of the bride of the lamb in the dignity of the barley sheaf. The image of Boaz, to whom this field belongs, is an image of Christ, which in this field represents a person clothed by the Holy Spirit, by the powers of the fatherhood of God. The image of Ruth, gathering the heads of grain is an image of the bride of the lamb in the face of an individual person that has a partaking to the chosen remnant of God and that meets the requirements of the male child in the face of the bride of the lamb. The image of the servants of Boaz, behind which Ruth walked gathering the heads of grain, are the angels of God in union with the rational and voluntary capabilities of an individual person who has received the right to power to serve God in the barley harvest.
to meet the requirements of the barley harvest yielding the state of the heart of Ruth in dedication to God is to meet the requirements of the male child in the face of the bride of the Lamb. And from the fulfillment of these requirements of dedication to God was comprised of the fact that this person died to his nation, his household, and the corrupt desires of his soul. Ruth chapter 1 verses 15 through 17 And she said, Look, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to their gods. Return after your sister-in-law. But Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave you or to turn back from the following after you. For wherever you go, I will go. And wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die, and there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also, if anything but death parts you and me. Ruth chapter 1, verses 15 through 17. The image of the state of a widow of Naomi, in which is the right to belong to Christ. Romans chapter 7 verses 1 through 4. Or do you not know, brethren, that the law has dominion over man as long as he lives? For the woman who has a husband is bound by the law to her husband as long as he lives, but if the husband dies, she is released from the law of her husband. So then if, while her husband lives, she marries another man, she will be called an adulteress. But if her husband dies, she is free from that law, so that she is no adulteress, though she has married another man. Therefore, my brethren, you also have become dead to the law through the body of Christ, that ye may be married to another, to him who was raised from the dead, that we should bear fruit to God. Romans chapter 7, verses 1 through 4. The time of the barley harvest is the time for the adoption of our body through the redemption of Christ, that is called to affirm our status and the dignity of the male child, and it is called to be the guarantee of our meeting with the Lord in the air when He comes in order to be glorified in His children. Barley is ready before wheat. Barley falls during the Pesach, which is in the first month, Abib. The offering of the first barley sheaf is one of the unique images of the reign of the resurrection of Christ in the erection of the power of life in the bodies of saints that are part of the category of the male child in the face of the bride of the Lamb. Revelation chapter 12 verses 3 through 5 And another sign appeared in heaven behold a great fiery red dragon having seven heads and ten horns and seven diadems on his head. His tail drew a third of the stars of heaven and threw them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who is ready to give birth to devour her child as soon as it was born. She bore a male child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron, and her child was caught up to God and His throne. Revelation chapter 12, verses 3 through 5. And so, the 
The wheat harvest fell along the Feast of the Pentecost, which coincides with May and June in the month of Sivan. This is an image of the category of the foolish virgins or the woman who bore the male child. When the dragon saw that he was cast onto the earth, he, he began to pursue this woman who gave birth to the male child. Now, when the dragon saw that he had been cast to the earth, he persecuted the one who gave birth to the male child. But the woman was given two wings of a great eagle that she might fly into the wilderness to her place where she is nourished for a time and times and a half a time from the presence of the serpent. So the serpent spewed water out of his mouth like a flood after the woman that he might cause her to be carried away by the flood. Revelation chapter 12, verses 13 through 16. The two wings of the eagle and the dignity of the Mimunarim are the two great witnesses that stand before God of all the earth that were given to the woman from the Holy Spirit that relate from the spirit of saints that relate to the category of the male child on those conditions upon which the mantle of Elijah upon his rapture to God was given to Elisha. In order to be clothed in total dedication of Elijah, Elisha needed to conduct total sanctification to take off his garments, to tear them in the face of his nation, the house of his father, and his carnal preferences. The two wings of an eagle, the ditty of Thumim and Urim, allow this category of saints to conduct total sanctification that is presented in the image of a wilderness in which they rejected their nation, the house of their father, and the corrupt desires of their soul in order to conduct total dedication to God and to become inaccessible to the anger of the serpent. The harvest of the vineyards that fell along the feast of a feast of booths coincided with the month of September to October. So this is an image of saints that have been born from the seed of the woman. They will resurrect. They will rise along with the wicked and lawless after the thousand-year reign, and they will stand before the judgment of the great white throne in order to inherit the resurrection of life because they followed the ways of the woman. John chapter 5, verses 28 through 29. Do not marvel at this, for the hour is coming in which all who are in the graves will hear his voice and come forth, those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. And so, from the level of our dedication to the will of God, expressing the adoption of our body through the redemption of Christ, which depends on the level of our spiritual growth, will depend our belonging to one of the three categories of saints. And if we, like Ruth, have refused our soul tied to our nation and have followed, have gone to gather barley along the paths of the one whom, whom we found we found the goodwill, this means our godliness cooperates with the godliness of God. The next sign of paths of righteousness shown in the heart of a person in the broken tablets of testimony and discovering itself in the new tablets of testimony in the garments of righteousness find its expression in the paths of the law of the grace of God justifying a person by faith in Christ Jesus. I do not set aside the grace of God for if righteousness comes through the law then Christ died in faith. 
Galatians 2.21, to turn upon ourselves the favor of God with our actions, with our virtue, or with our service expressed in religious uh, religious self, self-righteousness, means to reject the grace of God in which we are called to affirm our righteousness, our justification received by faith. For we through the Spirit eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but faith working through love. You ran well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? This persuasion does not come from him who calls you. Galatians 5, 4-6 through 6. Thus, the righteousness of God as the program of God shown in the broken tablets finds its expression in the hearts of those people who affirm their justification in Christ Jesus so that grace in their hearts could reign through righteousness in their bodies to eternal life in Jesus Christ. Therefore, as through one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation, even so through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so also by one man's disobedience many will be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. So that as sin reigned in death, even so great might, grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Romans 5.18-21 According to these words, the obedience of one person, Jesus Christ, through this obedience we receive the opportunity to accept in Him justification the seed of the kingdom of heaven as a gift of grace, so then we can affirm it by way of circulation having sown in ourselves the death of the Lord Jesus. To receive the reward in the reign of the grace through righteousness in the resurrection of the Lord Jesus in the new tablets of testimony and the power of life is to become a carrier of a heavenly or an imperishable body. To grasp with our figurative thinking the essence of this great and broad revelation, it can be it could be summed up in this definition. In the broken tablets of testimony, we, in the baptism and death of the Lord Jesus, with the law, die to the law, so that in the new tablets of testimony, representing the resurrection of Jesus, could live for Him as the one who died and the one who rose. Practically, with these words, the Holy Spirit, with the words of Apostle Paul, had represented the paths of righteousness in the dignity of the ways of the Lord, which find their beginning in the seed of the faith of God that is sown in bodies, which at the end of this way finds itself in a heavenly one. From this it follows that the fruit of a heavenly body is the result of the earthly body sown in the seed of the kingdom of heaven. And for a person to sow his earthly body in the death of the Lord Jesus, it was necessary for him to look upon the reward which is placed on his account in Christ Jesus in an imperishable body. By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. Esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked to the reward. 
Hebrews chapter 11, verses 24 through 26. If a person does not accept the revelation regarding the deliverance of his body from perishability and he refuses to call the inexistent as existent, he will not have any motivation to sow his earthly body in the death of Jesus in order to receive it in the dignity of a heavenly body in the resurrection of Jesus. The reason why many saints refuse to pay the price for this revelation is comprised of the fact they do not know the essence of the reward prepared for them by God in their imperishable body because they were never taught how to prepare their heart for hearing the word of God, going into the house of God. Walk prudently when you go to the house of God and draw near to hear rather than to give the sacrifice of fools for they do not know that they do evil. Ecclesiastes 5.1 The phrase, for they do not know that they do evil, tells us that this category of people will lose a deposit of their salvation because they did not place it into circulation through instruction and faith. By result of this, their names will forever be blotted out of the book of life. And instead of inheriting the salvation prepared for them in their imperishable body, they will inherit perdition in their earthly body with devil and his angels. Revelation related to the so- to the sowing of our earthly body in the death of the Lord Jesus, which at the door of our hope will be returned to us, our lost vineyards, the valley of Achor, and our youth in the dignity of the heavenly body of the Lord Jesus brings religious inspectors to disarray. And when they ask the question, how will the dead rise? And in what body will they come? Apostle Paul calls them foolish. 1 Corinthians chapter 35-38 But someone will say, How are the dead raised up, and with what body do they come? Foolish one, what you sow is not made alive unless it dies. And what you sow, you do not sow that body that shall be, but mere grain, perhaps wheat or some other grain. But God gives it a body as He pleases, and to each seed its own body. 1 Corinthians 15, 35-38 in the original of the Greek language, foolish means stiff, dumb. With this word is characterized that person who refuses to ponder and to meditate upon the word that he has heard through instruction and faith. A person who is foolish going into the house of God does not recognize or does not know how to prepare his heart to hearing the word of God because he places his mind equal to the mind of God. Which in practice means that this person, according to the state of his heart, is not a disciple of Christ because each time going into the house of God, his proud heart and lofty mind is pre- is prepared to inspect the preached word and how much it meets the requirements of his own opinion. Furthermore, Apostle Paul shows us that the category of saints that have sown their earthly body in the death of the Lord Jesus will differ from one another by the power of the glory of the light that will depend on the level of their dedication 
to the will of God. And so, there are celestial bodies and terrestrial bodies, but the glory of the celestial is one and the glory of the terrestrial is another. There is one glory of the sun, another glory of the moon, and another glory of the stars, for one star differs from another star in glory. 1 Corinthians 15, 40-41 This thought regarding receiving the reward is tied from the reward that we receive from placing the silver of salvation to circulation. And this is found as evidence in one of the parables of Christ, Matthew 25, 14-29. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. Then he had who received the five talents, then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more also. But he who had received one went and dung in the ground and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. He also who had received two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you rule over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown, and gathering where you have not scattered seed. Now I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. But his Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown, and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I would have received back my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given. And he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. Matthew 25, 14-29 And so, the meaning of the final phrase saying means to he who has understanding in the reward of the fruit of righteousness will be given and multiplied, but he who does not have understanding regarding the fruit of righteousness to him will be taken what he has in the format of the deposit of salvation. From this it follows that saints that have understanding in the dignity of the mind of Christ are those who have placed the salvation, the silver of their salvation into circulation because they died to their nation, the house of their father, and the corrupt lusts of their soul. And so the reward from this kind of circulation was comprised of the proclamation of their faith in which they became carriers of a heavenly body, calling the inexistent heavenly body as existent. Behaving in this manner, we 
revealed to God our favor, upon which God answered us with His favor, giving us a guarantee to meeting with Him in the air. And so, let us be blessed and let us be pray, and may we be blessed in our prayer. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you. We thank you for your mercy in being able to be upon this place that your hand has outlined for the worship of your holy name. We thank you for your presence upon this blessed place. We thank you for that word, Lord, through which you teach, edify us, instruct us, and bring us to your fullness so that we can come into this fullness in the full measure of the stature of Christ into perfect men. Because only having left infancy, we as living stones are able to build ourselves into a spiritual dwelling, a holy place, in order to offer spiritual sacrifices pleasing to God, Jesus Christ. We thank you, we magnify you, and we uplift you that you have given us this mercy. And we have paid, we have paid this price to reject all, to purchase this field for this, for this pearl which you have opened to us through your preached word. I thank you, Lord. May your name be magnified and lifted up. I thank you, Lord for all of your goodness and mercy that you give, you reveal to us. We thank you for this word. May your mercy for us be blessed. May our hearts be prepared to hearing your word, which you give us in our upcoming services so that we, with faith, could prepare our hearts to accept your word. We magnify you, uplift you, and thank you. Our Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Amen. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the hand of the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And let us conclude our service with our manifestation. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To God our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen.